And I thought we'd start with just a short prayer, and, and then we're going to share about uh, joy this Advent season. Uh, Lord, we do thank you for uh, this Christmas season, Lord, and we have joy in knowing your enormous, tremendous, marvelous goodness to us. Lord, we thank you that um, you are with us no matter what, that your promise is to be with us through it all. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, in, uh, you know, the world tells us that we need to keep searching for the next, the next high, the next, that we'll be satisfied if we take this vacation or if we uh, get on this roller coaster. Um, and we have that thrill, but it doesn't satisfy us, right? This is not a, a lasting, genuine joy in these things. Uh, when the party's over, the, we're left wanting more, right? And so um, we were made for a joy that is deep and abiding and enduring. Amen. That is genuine <coughs> joy. Not the kind that fades, not the kind that's rooted in our circumstances or our accomplishments. Mm but the joy that comes from an eternal assurance of God's goodness, of his amazing love, and that he's a wonderful, good God. We have joy through Jesus, who is the promised Messiah, that we celebrate at Christmas time. Joy is a feeling, a wonderful feeling. Um, and in the scriptures, it's often described as overwhelming or overflowing. As if we couldn't, almost couldn't control it, right? It just wells up from within us. Um, you know, First Peter one eight says, "Though we have not seen him, you though, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him, and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory." So sometimes it seems like we don't even have the words to express joy. And, and you see, we, we express it in singing, in, in tears of joy, in shouts of joy. Um, and so uh, joy comes from me personally um, as I recognize, and that's key, recognize God's goodness over and over and over you know, to me and to us. I think this year my joy has been so much greater as I have finally begun to see and recognize how good God is, how good God is, and how good He has been to me over and over. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, recognizing God's joy. Yeah. So, we, Tim talked about joy being a feeling. And then in some of the research that I looked into, I heard as I looked into joy, that one of the um, aspects of joy that was brought out was it's a choice. But then looking into it further, the choice is what is what we are thinking about and what we are focusing on, right? So we can decide, we can decide what we think about and what we focus on. And then if we're focusing on God and his goodness, we're thinking about his love, thinking about his goodness, that can bring us that feeling of joy. Before us, we have a profound decision of faith and hope in God. 
we have a profound decision to have, to continue to have faith and hope in God and his love, his goodness, and his power. Talking about when God delivered his people from Egypt, he brought them out with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. And they expressed their faith in God's power and love, even though, so they've been brought out of Egypt, and now in front of them is the wilderness. It's the desert, but they expressed their faith and hope in, in God's power and love. And they expressed this through a song. They sang a song, and in their song they said, In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. So that was their decision, even though what they saw before, before them was wilderness and desert. Three days later, what happened? So three days later, <laughs> um, they've been in Exodus 14. They, Exodus 15. Um, so they've sung this song to the Lord earlier in that chapter, Exodus 15. And then they've been led away from the Red Sea and they went into the wilderness and they went three days and they found no water. And what did they do? They, they grumbled. They grumbled. So instead of saying, you know, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, what an amazing thing, <laughs> brought out of Egypt. I think instead of saying, well, we don't see any water right now, but I think that God can provide water, they grumbled. So they made that choice at that time. Um, And then, uh, so then talking about Paul, um, due to making a choice about what he thought about, Paul was able in 2 Corinthians to talk about being full of sorrow, yet rejoicing. Mm -hmm. Full of sorrow, yet rejoicing. John Piper told a story in um, one of the things I listened to about how when he found out that his mom, he found out his mom uh, was killed in an, a bus accident in Israel. John Piper found this out when he was 28 years old. And he talks about going into the, his bedroom and weeping for two hours, but then at the same time saying, thank you so much for a wonderful mother. Thank you so much for her for what she passed on to me, that, that how she showed me God. Thank you so much that I got to be um, her son. And so that was an example of him having great, great sorrow, but still being able to see the good and, and having joy also. And then another aspect of joy that can that can be seen is the thought of joy coming or joy being inevitable. Um, so maybe joy being overshadowed, overshadowed by grief, but then, but then joy coming, coming to the forefront again. There is joy we know that is coming and there's joy we are told is coming and that we can choose to trust is coming. In John sixteen twenty two, Jesus says to his disciples, 
I tell you the truth, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Mm-hmm. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets her anguish because of the joy of a, of a child coming into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take your joy away. And then in Psalm 30, it talks about weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Mm. And then Psalm 16, 8 through 11. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave. Nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So those are some promises of joy to come. And we can trust in the Lord. So growing up, you may have heard that, you know, there was a choice that do I live to be happy or do I serve the Lord? You know, that was the, the Bible does say, you know, to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. But this really isn't a choice between being happy or following the Lord. Um, because the Bible also says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Right? See, we were created to know God, which brings us joy when we fulfill our created purpose. It is right to feel joy, the joy of the Lord, uh, and not to be anxious for anything. Looking to things that don't give us lasting joy, such as saying, you know, I'll have joy when I get married. I'll have joy when I have children. Um, And we know that the enemy is out to steal our joy. But when King Jesus rules in your world and we look to God's goodness, we don't need these other things. We are most satisfied when God is most magnified. We are most satisfied when we fulfill God's purpose for us, which is to bring glory to him. And we show his glory the most when we are most satisfied in him. And he gives us a deep, enduring joy that fulfills us and doesn't fade away. You know, in Psalm sixteen eleven, it also says, in God's presence, there is fullness of joy. And fullness means There's not room for anything else. It's full. It's complete. Um, And then in Habakkuk uh, 3, we read, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are, are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. A joy that does not depend on our circumstances. And so, uh, Lisa made a list <laughs> of, of reasons we should have joy, just uh, if we haven't given you enough already. Um, yeah, so I was thinking to myself, well, we, we need to remind, we need to remind you, perhaps, that, you know, what are some things about Jesus that should give us joy? And we've talked about some things, but of course, you know, there's so many, and and love to hear things that you have to share also, but 
you know, in Jesus. So I made a list. One side says Jesus and one side says no Jesus. And so we've got life, you know, we've got eternal life, eternal life the, and Zoe, Zoe life, you know, right? And grace and we've got mercy and love and healing and peace and just so many different things. And, you know, no Jesus, death, eternal death hate, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so what would be, I would love to open it up and hear, you know, what are some things we have that, in Jesus that we can look to and say, that gives me joy. That one, I'm living for the greatest purpose there could ever be. Mm. Living. Mm. Mm. And what would the world, the world would, yeah, that what, what do they, what are they living? Well, if, if, yeah. you believe that, if you believe that you just came from nothing and you're going to nothing, then you're, what purpose is your life? Exactly. It doesn't amount to anything. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But if you're living for the creator God who's called you into glory and you're living for him, that's the greatest purpose you could ever have. Mm-hmm. I've one that, that he will never leave us and never forsake us brings a great depth mm-hmm. of joy mm-hmm. and the world side of it is abandonment, rejection mm-hmm. um, betrayals mm-hmm. loneliness, the, the whole thing but that he is Emmanuel, God with us Amen Always. Mm-hmm. Amen 10,000 reasons for my heart to <laughs> sing <laughs> That's right yeah. We have our Christian family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Family, right? Christian family. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Simple things like the sun shining this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, so it's a beautiful picture of me in the last two days, just covered with clouds and <laughs> it's dark, and you know, it was dreary, and then the sun shines, and it's like, yeah. wow, Lord, it's, just, it's, it's a simple joy, but just being happy that mm-hmm. the sun is shining, and blue skies, and you know, his creation. Yes. Just, it just represents uh, his joy. Mm-hmm. Um, God bless me. With a tufted titmouse at my bird feeder, if you don't know what that is, that's a cute little gray bird with a little hat on its head. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> God's great faithfulness. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's faithful even more faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, God created us to have a relationship with Him. Yeah. Yeah. He created the trees and the sunshine and the birds, but they don't have a relationship with Him mm-hmm. that we can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a per a person. Right? Mm-hmm. In Christ, we have we were made ambassadors. We have just a reason and purpose, and we have we're on mission with God, mm-hmm. and so all that we do is all because of His Spirit in us. We can really accomplish nothing on our own. But it's just such a great joy that we have His Spirit in us. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I think it brings us great joy to share that. You know, we're full to overflowing to share it, right? And and uh, that that also fulfills God's purpose. And, So I have come to see problems or trials as opportunities for God to show his goodness. Mm 
know, I, I see a difficulty. I, I see a, you know, a trial. I said, well, how is God going to be good in this situation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I believe that he has been good. He will be good. Mm-hmm. He's promised us that we have joy to come. Amen. So, I've seen him move mountains, and I know he can do it again.